This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, it's rock and roll night, and we celebrate it with J.P. Gideon. He's the executive producer of Rock of Ages. He tells us what it takes to put on the show, some of the secrets of the show, some things to look forward to, and what to expect maybe across Canada. Game Show is back with rock and roll trivia. Executive producer Kelsey Campbell joins us, battling it out with me for a chance to win spandex pants. It was a tight pants version of the show. And some bragging rights, too. Are you okay with, also on the podcast, with diesel, traffic, and more? This is the Shift Podcast. Now, this is where this fails us, this medium that is the radio, um, with my uh, stretchy tight pants on and my uh, hair back combed and teased all large. Uh, with a bit of a throwback, and I feel like I got some Parkan lights shining down on me. This next little rock and roll uh, sort of inspired segment, I think is fun. Rock of Ages. You've probably heard of Rock of Ages. I think most everybody has heard of Rock of Ages, seen a commercial for Rock of Ages, has a friend that has seen Rock of Ages. Uh, Rock of Ages is going to become a little more accessible to us here in Canada. JP Gideon is here to help us understand (laughs) how we can get our rock on. Uh, and what's going on, JP? How are you? Thanks for being here. Uh, some exciting, I think, conversation around this show for people to get to see it. Absolutely. I'm very happy to be here, Shane. Thanks very much for such a great intro. I will never turn down a, a, an opportunity to wear a tight pants. That's really what that is. <laughs> Selfish. There's a lot of tight pants on the stage. There's a lot I'll of tight tell pants. you that. Yeah. And big hair and tease things. Uh, and as soon as the staff got, uh, pardon me, as the cast got into costumes, uh, I was telling them as I was scanning the stage, I couldn't recognize any of them I anymore. Bet. I, bet. I had to like look at them carefully to know who I was talking to, but they look fantastic. Now, you're executive producer um, with more entertainment, sort of putting this all on and uh, and this particular show. Now, I'm curious about the budget lines for uh-huh. um, for hairspray. <laughs> I'm curious about the budget lines <laughs> for, for, for for like Lycra pant repair. Like I, <laughs> I really am curious um, <laughs> what that looks but- like like vinyl patches and God knows what else. Exactly. Believe it or not, we ended up getting a sponsor for a hairspray. Oh, perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, and therefore, you know how much we're using. That, that says a lot, doesn't it, right? <laughs> it does. That's fantastic. Does. Okay, Rock of Ages, those who don't know, I think the immediate uh, go-to is Def Leppard, um, but that's not what it all is. There's more no. to it than all of that because of the history of those words and that name. But the spirit of it all kind of aligns with all that. Can you describe for me, for the for those of us who say have no idea, what the heck are these? These guys are talking about hairspray and tight pants. What is it? <laughs> all right. Well, yes. I mean, uh, Def Leppard has a song, Rock of Ages, which ironically is not actually in the oh, this show, funny. Rock of Ages. Funny that. Uh, so Rock of Ages is like a mega musical slash comedy show slash rock concert all, all at the same time. And so you, 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 you come in and there's an uh, acute and compelling story where you follow a bunch of people through the difficulties of their lives and you laugh your guts out while you sing most of your favorite 80s big rock anthem. So all the music in the show, you probably already know it's on the radio. We've got Journey and you got Bon Jovi and you've got a million others. You've got Quiet Riot, you've got uh, uh, a million others. Um, and so that in in, a, in and of itself makes it a very unique kind of night out. And by the time you mix all those things together, 
uh, a night at the show really does end up feeling like a huge party, which mm-hmm. is exactly what we wanted people to feel, especially at this time in history. Yeah. And what a magical time to look back on today. Now, in the 90s, we look back at sort of the, I'm being very way too wide when I just say the 80s, but um, there was this era in music. In the 90s, it was still recent history, right? And now we're all a little bit older. We're a little bit farther removed. We've been through all of these economic things like 2007 and then pandemics and probably some marriages and likely some divorces and all of those things have now unfolded. Well, no, it's true. Inflation, like, hey, man, I've been a music programmer for a decade and a half before I got into talk radio. And so, you know, designing music behind the wizard's curtain for everybody, there are times where comfort music is really important in the business of music. And never before, other than maybe 2007, when all of the housing stuff in the market started to dump and the energy yeah. stuff in Canada started to dump, have I seen a more important time for comfort music that we love from an era that just felt great. So there's an era of naivety, sort of out of high school, amazing, early 20s. Um, and then there's now this opportunity to go back there and feel fantastic. And that was really on our minds when we were selecting a show. We were really kind of thinking, you know, the pandemic kind of knocked us on our butts. And it knocked the um, artistic world on its butt. Everything like stopped, like it just screeched to a halt. And when it was time to come out, we really did ask ourselves, what do we think would best serve our community? What does Toronto want? You know, what is it? And to your point, Rock of Ages came up, not just because of the power of the music, but because it has a nostalgic effect. It reminds us of a simpler time. It gives us songs that we all know. You can literally stand together in the theater, cheering on these actors, singing the songs together. You know, <coughs> pardon me. We all know these lyrics. And we remember being young and we remember a time of innocence. And it's sort of what we need as we come out of this rough pandemic we've been part of. It's a long run in Toronto. Elgin Theatre, by the way, which is Young Street, if you don't know. It's going to go from this weekend until basically the May long weekend, roughly. Um, and so... Uh, if you want to check it out there, uh, I'm going to work on JP and find out how he can take it on the road, hit the Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton sort of scenario and break this down, put it in a truck. What does it take for me to talk you into that, JP? You can really talk me into that. Believe it or not, we do have <laughs> North American touring rights. Well, that was, uh, the easiest, this show. that was the easiest debate ever, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Thanks, Shane. Ask me for other things. Like, clearly, <laughs> I'm in a giving mood today. No kidding. Um, and so our intent is to start here in Toronto. And then to take it out on the road and tour all of Canada and eventually make it to the U.S. as well as other countries. So when we really put this together, we wanted to showcase how amazing we could be here in Canada. There was a day where, you know, 20 years ago, uh, Canadian theater was kind of known. It was up there along with New York and London and, 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 and all of that. And our talent has is still here. It hasn't left. We've got some of the most talented and some of the most practiced artist, uh, artists around. We are known internationally for our level of excellence. So why not do it here, enjoy it here, uh, celebrate who we are, and then take it on the road so everybody else can see it too. Now you've done this before. Just so you know, Mamma Mia, Little Mermaid, Where's of Oz, goes on and on and on. Uh, the list of I things. Have. So like you are, I was a, before I got into radio, I was a sound designer for theater. You didn't know that. Um, that was my major in focus. So back in the day when I was using, you know, multi-track tapes and 
we were doing sandscapes on on pancakes and reel to reels. That's that's what oh I my did. god. So you, but you, um, like you, you've been at this for a while. What's it like to stand there? You know, JP, you're, you're standing, say, sort of in the vom, overlooking the crowd as maybe one particular scene or or an end of an act sort of happens, and th- you see the crowd get up, you see everybody get excited, you see these things happen. Um, what does that moment mean for you when, when you when you get that? Because I know that in my experience of that, there's kind of this thing that hits you in the belly and kind of your eyes leak a little, and 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 it, you know the, all the work, the evidence is there that that it really does pay off for those people that come and watch the show. What is it for you? Yeah, and 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 you're right. Your eyes do leak a little bit. You just you you feel like you did something important, and you know art in and of itself is supposed to be an act of service, right? I I we do this to provide an experience for the people who come and choose to take part in it. And when you see them rise and you see them stand and 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 leave beaming, you really feel like what you're doing is relevant. Like you're touching people. You're you're giving them uh, memories that they're going to hold on to. You're 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 creating an area of light and joy in their lives, regardless of what their lives are. We don't know, but at least we know we did that. And there is no greater fulfillment than to walk away from a project feeling like we've done this for a group of people uh, night after night after night. Uh, that is an unparalleled emotion. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to tell you. And you've been in this industry. You know this industry is, can be tough and can be frustrating. And of course, the question is why you keep coming back. Right is why we keep coming back i mean this is this is the meaning of life isn't it yeah well it is it's that six inch the first six inches that the curtain comes up right it's that moment um for actors for producers for everybody is that it's that moment where you forget everything you've practiced for months and you panic a little and you pee a little and then all of a sudden that curtain rises six inches and it all comes flooding back to you and um that's the thrill moment when it all happens i also equated that to the performance stuff of when i was djing too so the you know it is quite remarkable uh to do that what do you think people do when they get in the car jp so rock of ages now um this show it's got all this rock and (laughs) awesomeness what do you think they do when they get in the car when they go home do you think they turn on their favorite song from the show do i think they turn on their favorite song from the show I think I think what they do actually is I think they talk to each other about their favorite parts of the show, yeah. and I think they start quoting. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you know being a child of the '80s myself. Monty Python was everywhere. My friends and I would get together, we'd watch a movie and just quote it for the next three hours right. because I was hilarious. I think they'll do that, and I think they'll sing "Don't Stop Believing" you know all the way home, uh, and then uh, I think they might stop for a milkshake somewhere, uh, you know, a little bit of a drive-through, and then go home and fall asleep with a smile on their face. That's the home. That is what we want to create. I think that's what they'll do. And I think this is what we want, you know, like why, uh, you know, uh, lose ourselves in something other than each other? How great would it be to be able to get in the car and actually talk about this thing we just experienced together with joy and pleasure and and know that we've made memories together. Yeah. That is one of our goals. That is one of the goals. And you combine it with some fantastic music too. Okay, so any surprises coming up, Rock of Ages? Uh, JP Gideon here. Um, any surprises that you can tease us with in the show? Uh, maybe one little thing that we can yeah. look forward to without giving it all away? What, what do you got for yeah. us? Let us in on the secrets. I can, I can definitely tease you. So Rock of Ages traditionally is known as a particular sort of size show in terms of a size of cast, and how it is put on stage. This is not the traditional Rock of Ages. This is so much bigger. 
I cannot tell you how many tractor trailers have pulled up to this uh, theater and have dropped off an enormous set, hundreds of lights, hundreds of video screens, lasers, pyro, smoke machines, pea supers, the whole thing. So you are not going to see a Rock of Ages. You have not seen a Rock of Ages like this, nor will you for a long time. We're trying to make this the king of all Rock of Ages. I love it. All right. So the details for everybody else, if you want to go check it out, this is a Toronto show. I think we've talked JP into taking it on the road. It's going to take a little while because it's going to run for two months in Toronto. Starts <laughs> this weekend, goes until basically the long weekend in May. Rock of Ages, a new musical at the Elgin Theater and uh, and pretty cool. Pretty pretty exciting stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's like a, a special 80s drink thing that needs to be happening in the lobby. Like, this is fun and exciting. Like, what an all-encompassing experience. I feel like everyone should be allowed to smoke cigarettes while they're in the crowd. Oh, you know, and and, and eat Pop Rocks and <laughs> Pop that rocks. pink elephant... <laughs> the pink elephant popcorn. Do you remember that? Oh, so and maybe we can all listen to the show through Walkman. Oh, that's a good idea, too. <laughs> But it's funny that you say that because we're talking to our uh, to our concessions folks to try to come up with what the drink is right. that we could offer. Yeah. You know, the special 80s drink that you can have uh, at intermission before the show when you come see Rock of Ages. Well, we'll put that out to the audience here, the Shifthead community, and say, what is your favorite drink from the 80s that we need to know about here? We'll pass it on to JP. Oh, I would love to get yeah. that. Yes, We'll do thank that, 877-399-9898. What was your drink in the 80s? We'll pass it on. might have been Barbarian Cooler or something terrible like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> it'll be something horrible right it will be absolutely okay so i'm going to put the links up for you to the more entertainment group because that's where you can click and buy tickets nice and easy learn more about the show toronto rock of ages is for you rest of canada you're gonna to have to wait but uh, jp promise is gonna happen i heard him say it it's gonna happen all right i promise i promise from the bottom of my heart thanks for being here brother thank you for having me shake take care This is the Shift Podcast. Yes, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Welcome <laughs> to this performance of Game Showy on the Shift with Shane Hewitt. There is no intermission in tonight's performance, as it's less than 20 minutes, and you should have gone pee during the commercial break. The performance will include trivia, laughs, thrills, and excitement, and so please prepare yourself. Flash photography is uh, fine, and the fire exits are wherever <laughs> the nearest door is to you. Thank you, and please enjoy. That's right. It's time for game showing. Nope, you're not on a flight right now, as you might have thought you were with the exits are found at the front of the back of the plane by the lavatory. <laughs> But here we are getting ourselves moving with this game show for the radio. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, I thank you, Bob. No more British accent for me. We are celebrating rock of ages, the rock and the roll tonight. And it's going to be a trivia showdown between our two contestants, Shane Hewitt and Kelsey Campbell. Now, here's how this all works if you're new to Game Shory or you need a little refresher. Our contestants are going to pick a question and a difficulty of said question. Today, uh, it's rock and roll, so let's play for some spandex pants. Who doesn't want to have a large yes. wardrobe of spandex pants for the big performances? 
So one pair of spandex pants is an easy question. Three is going to be a very difficult one. Now, if you get the question right, you're going to hear this. Wonderful. However, if you get it wrong... That's right. A big fan. Now we've got three categories to choose from. Thank you. We've got three categories to choose from for our trivia showdown tonight. We have Rock of Ages, the actual play, Rock and or Roll, Mm -hmm. and Rock and Roll Tours. Tour! We also have Tour. We also have (laughs) the very special question hidden somewhere in the show is the text line special, a question just for the shift heads. And when that pops up, it sounds like this. It is hidden. One lucky contestant is going to stumble across this question. Ed could win two pairs of spandex pants if the answer is right. And that answer is going to come from you, the shift heads. So get your phones ready. 877-399-9898. You're going to need it because I'm going to ask you the question right now. Text it in and see if you could be the deciding factor for one of our contestants. So here is the question. Who plays Stacy Jacks, the main character in the film adaptation of Rock of Ages? Is it Hugh Jackman, Tom Cruise, Ryan Reynolds, or Neil Patrick Harris? Again, who plays Stacy Jacks in the film version of Rock of Ages? Hugh Jackman, Tom Cruise, Ryan Reynolds, or Neil Patrick Harris? 877 877- 399-9898. Text in your answers. Let's get this game show rolling. All right, it's time to play with game showing. If you know the answer to that question that Ryan just gave, you can help our winner be a winner. Now, this game is going to be terribly lopsided because Kelsey Campbell, our guest, has spent a lot more time dancing on speakers to big hair rock songs than our host, <laughs> Shane Hewitt, has. Bob? This is true. <laughs> Bob, thanks, Bob. Okay, well, if Kelsey has the advantage, Shane, for once, actually, I can't actually remember the last time I let you go first. Shane, you. I'm going to let you go first. You get to pick. Again, the categories, rock of ages, rock and or roll, or turs. Turs. Yeah. Oh, I'm tempted to go with the tur. I'm tempted to go with the rock and or roll. I'm going to go with two pairs of spandex pants, please. Do I get to pick mm-hmm. the color? Just wondering. Uh, no? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. I think that's okay. fair. I want two pairs of spandex pants. We're going with the rock and or roll. Rock and or roll. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. I love this question. Aerosmith titans of the rock and roll industry they've got a very good catalog of music but also some questionable songs and here's the question for you which aerosmith song was nominated for best original song and worst original song at the same time is it dude looks like a lady janie's got a gun i don't want to miss a thing or love in an elevator which was the best and the worst at the same time? Well, I would have to say yes. because the movie was probably the best and the worst at the same time. And I do believe it was their very first number one hit. 
I don't want to miss a thing, Bob. That's what I'm going with. Well, you didn't miss this one because that is the oh! correct answer, Jay. Yes. I don't want to miss a thing was written for the Michael Bay iconic film Armageddon starring Bruce Willis, Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler. And it nominated and actually won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. And it also was nominated for a Golden Razzie Award for Worst Song, but it did not win that. A song from the Prince of Egypt movie won that instead. So there you go. Aerosmith, kind of a so bad it's good sort of thing. There you go. Well done, Shane. I love that you question. You got two pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Great song. Great song. Kelsey, you're up next. Okay, guys. I'm a huge Rock of Ages fan, uh, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I just really need to lean in. I saw it actually when I was in Toronto years ago. I can even tell you, I can't remember the exact like explanation for it, but I know it's set in the late 1980s. Drew and Sherry both going to LA with big dreams. Very excited. So, um, yeah, I know. I really want to lean into my knowledge there because I, I feel like I need to match... Okay, I'm going to try to outdo Rock of Ages for three spandex pants. three spandex pants. Okay, this is, Kelsey, I would say the toughest question of the night. But pay attention because there's some hints within the people here. So here's your question. Which of these famous actors slash performers was in the original cast for Rock of Ages when it premiered in L.A.? So the first cast to ever perform this show live, one of these famous actors was in that show. Okay. Is it Ryan Reynolds. I wish. You know who? Just, it's just Ryan Reynolds. Love him. Kyle Gass, who is from Tenacious D, a rock band with Jack Black. Seth Rogen from Knocked Up, This Is The End. Or Emma Stone from La La Land, Easy A. Um, I would know if any of the three people that I actually knew were in it and they were 100% not. So I'm going to go with Tenacious D's Kyle Gass. Kyle Gass. All gas, no breaks. That is the correct answer, Kelsey. Yes. Kyle Gass. I'm just on fire. I'm on fire right now. You are on fire. uh, (laughs) It's uh, premiered uh, July 27th, 2005 in L.A., at uh, a small club, actually, limited engagement, and then it blew up. And yeah, he uh, he uh, known for his musical performances with Jack Black from Tenacious D. So yeah, there you go. He killed it in that show. So there you go. Three spandex pants for Kelsey. Shane's right behind with two. We got a tight game here, much like the pants. Ah, <laughs> very good. I you are on fire. I'm going with uh, tour Ryan. And if uh, we're going, mm-hmm. we're pulling these pants up high. We're, we're like mum jeans height. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with three spandex pants in the category of tour, please. Okay. This is a tough question. Let's see if you get it. Which of these bands' last concert was made into a documentary movie by the one, the only, Martin Scorsese? Is it The Beatles? Wham, Led Zeppelin, or the band? This is more of a movie question than a rock question, so that means I am out of my depth. Um, mm. Because it's Martin Scorsese, 
I, I will go for the darkest of the bands because it's Martin Scorsese. And my guess, <laughs> best guess only would be it's definitely not the Beatles because the timeline does not line up with Scorsese. Uh, Wham, I just don't feel like that's a Scorsese kind of movie. Um, I I, and of Zeppelin in the band, I would go with Zeppelin. You go with Zeppelin? I'm sorry, Shane, that is incorrect. Mm. That is not correct. Now, Kelsey, oh, you actually man. have five seconds to steal this if you know it. Uh, he did the work for me. I got to go with the band. Oh, boy. The band, the Canadian classic slash American, The Last Waltz. And that is correct. Yes, it is the band. It was uh, The Last Waltz, the band's farewell show. Oh, boy. Uh, I've seen this movie, and it is incredible. I mean, just listen to this lineup. Ronnie Hawkins, Bob Dylan, Paul Butterfield, Bobby Charles, Eric Clapton, Neil Diamond, Emmylou Harris, Joni Mitchell, Van Morrison, Ringo Starr, Muddy Waters, Ronnie Wood, and Neil Young, all in one show captured on film by Martin Scorsese. It is one of the greatest concerts ever recorded. I feel like that was a and tricky question. Some movie Shane, I'm not going to lie. I made the three. If, Sorry. If, if you hadn't done the work for me, there was just yeah. no. I would. I would have also said start, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, he just stop talking. Shane. Aired it all out. <laughs> Very helpful. If you could work through all of the questions like this, all right. perfect. Uh, this is not good. All right. Very nice. Well, okay. So sorry, Shane. You just lost three points to Kelsey, and it's now Kelsey's turn. So Kelsey, you get yeah, to go well. again. You could take a very strong lead here. Okay, I'm going to go easy on him, but I'm still going to stick mm-hmm. with Rock of Ages because it's my comfort zone. So I'm going to go with yep. Rock of Ages, one spandex Urban. pant, singular. One, Yeah, it's pant. Yeah, pant. Yeah, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of these, uh, pantalon, which of these iconic rock songs is not in Rock of Ages? Rock of Ages by Def Leppard, Whole Lot of Love, Led Zeppelin. Hit me with her best shots, or I hate myself for loving you. Yeah, fascinatingly, there is no Rock of Ages in Rock of Ages. That Final is answer. correct. Yes. I love this song. Despite the title, this song is not in the musical, despite the fact that Pour Some Sugar On Me is in this musical. So they have a Def Leppard song, just not this Def Leppard song. Interesting choice. I have a a theory as to why that is. Ready for my theory? Tell us. Yes. Because if if they included Rock of Ages and title it Rock of Ages, they probably had to give Def Leppard part of the cut. If they called it Rock of Ages and did not include Rock of Ages, there probably was some different rights permissions there. But if they do a Def Leppard song, then they just pay for the use of the song, not just the whole chunk of the show. The song and the naming. That's actually probably exactly why. Just too bad, though, because this song is awesome. Yeah. Let's just all um, take a moment and imagine Kelsey Campbell dancing on my speaker. Can we maybe not have people visualizing me dancing on a speaker? Is that also possible? (laughs) You can think of me dancing on a speaker instead. That's fine. I'll gladly take that mantle. Oh, you know what? Videos of me dancing in the club (laughs) on TikTok. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that right now. This is Ryan O'Donnell dancing in the cage, where he lost his glasses. He was giving her so hard in the cage. He was he was in the go-go cage, and he's dancing in the club, and. Ryan O'Donnell shaking his head. He's whipping his hair back and forth. 
And, uh, and he lost his glasses in the process. Just saying, I realize it's off topic, but if we're going to, let's picture Ryan O'Donnell. This is Ryan O'Donnell in a go-go case. This is what it sounds like. Hi, and oh, you're yeah. welcome. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, we were doing trivia. Uh, Shane, I think right. it's, yeah, Shane, it's your turn. <laughs> All right, my turn. Oh, boy. Um, well, I got to try to catch up here. So I'm going to go with uh, rock and or roll for three pairs of spandex pants, please, Ryan. For three. Okay, here's a good question for you. What is the best-selling rock and or roll album of all time? Is it Back in Black by ACDC, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin Four, or Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd? best-selling rock and roll album of all of the times. Now, some might think it's uh, Pink Floyd because it's been out the longest, or Zeppelin, right? But I'm going to mm-hmm. go. It's got to be the Akadaka, baby. Akadaka. That's correct. Yes, 50 million copies of Back in Black sold, and it's only second to Thriller by Michael Jackson for the best-selling wow. uh, album uh, of all era. time, which is uh, pretty, close. pretty amazing, considering that it's the first one with uh, Brian um, uh, Brian Johnson after Bon Scott died. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So there you go. Okay. Not so Shane, you are down. That was weird. Yeah. Yes. So Shane, you're still down two, and it is Kelsey's turn. I will remind you that the text line special is still yet to be found somewhere in this show. Is it, am I being a wimp by just leaning into my strengths? Is there judgment no. here? You feel free to no, crush my soul. BK did it all the time. It's no problem. BK did it okay. all the time. Because I do, I, it is like so empowering just knowing I got this. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing it right. Uh, so, hey, I feel like there's one more. Rock of Ages, two spandex pants, please, Bob. Two spandex pants. Okay, much. well, lucky you, Kelsey. Well, it doesn't really matter if you know this well because you can't answer this. And that's because oh. this is the text line special. Come on, get it wrong. <laughs> da, 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 da. Thank you. Hey. Hey. So this is a question for the listeners and the listeners only. The question was this Who plays Stacy Jacks, the main character in the Rock of Ages play, in the film adaptation of it? Is it Hugh Jackman, Tom Cruise, Ryan Reynolds, or Neil Patrick Harris? And, um, yeah, it, <laughs> pretty much everybody sent in the same, uh, answer. We got a couple of, uh, Ryan Reynolds votes here and Hugh Jackman, but I see you, Tina from Calgary and Angel and Hamilton. You probably Terrible. know this because of his performance of, uh, pour some sugar on me and wanted dead or alive. Pretty iconic. And yes, it's Tom Cruise. And that was texted in by so many people. Tom Cruise did in fact play, uh, Stacy Jacks in the movie, and because the listeners got that correct, Kelsey, you just got an extra two pairs of spandex pants. Yes. Oh, I just keep on nailing, guys. Okay, I knew this one. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Text line help, uh, listeners, and I don't have the text line in front of me. Uh, Ryan, are there a lot of people giving feedback about? What a horrifying performance it was with Tom Cruise uh, at the helm. It, you know, there's not, but I, is... I did want to bring up this one point that uh, you've lost that love and feeling uh, from Top Gun. If you've seen that performance by Tom Cruise, then imagine a whole movie with him singing. 
that's actually yeah. very valid. Yeah. 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 Oh, Good Stacy Stacy Jacks in like if, if anyone gets to see this show off Broadway, it's like this is the rock star. Like he's crazy talented. The guy can sing and they casted Tom Cruise, who um, <laughs> don't know if I'm breaking any news here. He cannot sing. The guy can't sing. It was so rough. And he's this just this little guy, you know, out there, not the rock star type. Uh, yeah. Very interesting vibe. Would not oh, recommend the movie version. No kidding. Well, no kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think we know who won. <laughs> uh, there's so no sorry. math in the world that lets Shane win at this point. Kelsey Campbell takes home all of the tight pants. No, I'm sorry. Nine to five. Nine to five. <laughs> we want to thank Kelsey for this very last time she ever comes on game show to us. <laughs> so fair. So fair. Oh, man. Okay, well, there you go. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, Rock of Ages starts this weekend. We hope they do a tour with it um kelsey does love the show though um you did love it though hey kelsey like for oh real. it's it's like the soundtrack in my brain all of like the the best well like i mean classic 80s songs they all fit and it just helps tell this story it doesn't really honestly get any better than this it is just right. a fun sing-along show that's so good well let's uh finish with a little bit of this Got my tight pants, got my tight pants on. Everybody's looking at my tight pants. Got my tight pants, got my tight pants on. Thank you very much for being here, Kelsey Campbell. I appreciate you uh, joining us for this edition of Game Showy. It sounds pretty hollow, honestly. Your thank you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a little thank disingenuous. You. Yep. He can be a little. He can be a little testy after a loss. Yeah. I honestly, I was try. I I don't know. I asked you guys what you wanted me to do, but I got excited. I got passionate about my musicals. <laughs> Kelsey Campbell, executive producer here on the show, joining us. Thanks so much, Kelsey. Appreciate you. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with? Brian O'Donnell's in downtown Calgary. I'm Shane Hewitt. I'm in uh, Calgary as well on the outskirts in Airdrie. Are you okay with Wheel of Fortune? Uh, when I saw 80 for Brady over the weekend, a you movie have about talked about you love women. this show. Yep, I, I did. I did. It's a movie about. Four 80-year-old women, including one of them being Jane Fonda, going to see Tom Brady at the Super Bowl. There's a part where one of the uh, one of the ladies uh, accidentally takes too many sleeping pills and falls asleep, and they're going to miss their flight. And uh, one of the ladies gets on the intercom, and she uh, to distract all the people so that they can sneak her out, she says, Attention, everyone. Pat Sajak from Wheel of Fortune is in the lobby right now. And I laughed so freaking hard at that moment because it really is a generational thing. Anybody can enjoy Wheel of Fortune. It doesn't matter yep. if you're 16, 65. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's timeless. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, it, it can be infuriating at times, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially my mom is really good at Wheel of Fortune. She's never been on it. But anytime she was cooking and had it on the TV show, my mom would 
know the answer very quickly and we, sh we would be millionaires if she had ever got you would the chance be millionaires. to go on but no way to go michelle not yeah should have let us be millionaires <laughs> um the um it's infuriating when you can't figure it out and you're like what is it man it's like the original words with friends kind of scrabbly words with friends and um and yet when it's so obvious and you can't figure it out well that's when the show gets good Scream the answer at your TV when they can't figure it out, but you know what it is. Well, recently on the Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak probably heard everybody from around the world collectively screaming at one Wheel of Fortune contestant after a very painful moment. With all the letters on the board but one, it looked like Kushi a grade 10 student competing during the game show's teen week special was set to win. There was only one little tile left. Everything else was turned over. After correctly guessing the letter H, the board in front of Kushi and her competitors showed the nearly completed answer to the food and drink category, F-R-E blank H, tropical fruit. F-R-E blank H, tropical fruit. And this happened next. Yes, there is an H. Uh, solve it or spin it or, but do something. Yes, there is an H. Uh, solve it or spin it or, but do something quickly. Um, I'll spin that. it. Okay. Okay. What letter for you? I'll go with a. G. Uh, Juliana, it's your turn. I'd like to solve the puzzle. Yeah. Fresh tropical fruit. Yeah. You know, when that happens and you're sitting at home, you're saying, how in the world can that? But, you know, sometimes it's a word that just doesn't want to come into focus for you. Uh, do you hear the lady oh. in the background, in the crowd that goes, uh, yes. G, and you hear, What? In the background yeah. from the audience. Yeah. Now uh, it was so I'm, loud. I, I would. Well, okay. Go ahead. Finish your thought, dude. I, I you're good. I was just gonna say I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if some of the sound from people moaning was actually like the producers, the people that work on the show for decades that have just like, come on, no. Now, in defense of this uh, grade ten student, yes. when the board was there and they showed what it was. I also did not get it at first. And I also said, what is, is there a word that's like free with a GH? I literally said the same thing. Really? Interesting. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just so, a combo. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting anyway. Anyway, it gets a little bit worse because that stolen answer had a pretty great prize. It did for you. And in addition to that $650, we're sending you to the island of Antigua. Listen to this. <laughs> Wow. She missed out on 650 bucks at a trip. It would have been One funnier letter. if we said, we're sending you to the island of Antigua. <laughs> wow. We're giving you a pile of fresh tropical fruits. Yes. <laughs> Jelly of the Month Club. probably has more. <laughs> yeah, Jelly of the Month Club. Honestly, a, a, like a, a year supply of tropical fruits is probably worth more money these days than an actual trip to somewhere tropical. That could be uh, maybe one of the most painful moment, moments in the history of Wheel of Fortune, 7,000 episodes. But if you're listening, Koshi, 
I was with you. I didn't figure it out right away either. So just want to let you know you're not alone. Are you okay with diesel? Diesel. Diesel. Uh, diesel's cool. Diesel. Uh, I like diesel cars. Uh, the the smell of a diesel engine is kind of yes. it's like unbeat. The smell of like day. going. I have these core memories of like you know my dad driving me to class in high school or whatever you know make the quick pit stop at Tim Hortons beside that's attached to an SO station, and uh, you know you just roll the window down for a brief second just to get a waft of it because it smells so good. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very good. I, I for me I have. When I walk outside in the cold weather and I take that, that breath of that ice cold air on a really cold day, it is only complete for me if I um, smell diesel from the bus from when I used to play hockey and we used to ride on the bus. Hmm. Um, that to me is, it takes me directly back to those cold, dark mornings. Yeah. You know, getting on the bus in the hotel at the hotel and it was, you know, cold on the bus still. And man, oh man, oh man. Now I have diesel. I have my car in um, in Alberta is a diesel. My car in uh, Ottawa is a diesel. Melanie's car is a diesel. So yes, I would say yes to diesel. The fuel efficiency is over the top for what you get for performance. That looks better. And eh? it's that much better. I can tell you this. Uh, be specific, Shane. In Ottawa with yeah. the infrastructure, which sucks there, lots of starting and stopping, get about 11 liters per 100 kilometers measured in the cars, 10 and a half um, on both of them in the SUVs. And... Mm-hmm. You know, it's safe to say it's pretty accurate because two separate cars perform the same. And um, that exact same vehicle in Alberta, which is more free flow highway roads, like the infrastructure here is really great for lots of highways. That's one thing I'll give credit for a lot. Not a lot of starting and stopping. And as low as 9.8 liters per 100 kilometers, 9.6. On the highway, Calgary to Salmon Arm in a non-deleted diesel so just a stock diesel, 7.8 liters per 100 kilometers on the highway. So that means you're getting about 1,100 kilometers on an 80-liter tank. And then um, I have uh, a deleted diesel. Now, that means that the DEF systems, the filters, have been taken off it. That's only because they failed. I'm not one that believes that we should go take a perfectly working scrubbing system off of a, a, a car for no reason. But if they fail, it's expensive to replace them. They don't last very long, the the filters. 7.2 liters per 100 kilometers on the highway, driving 110 or whatever, everywhere you go. Like that's as good as most cars. And that's in an all-wheel drive SUV. So that's where the whole argument about cars and electrics and uh, fuel efficiency, right? Like, should we be, yes, we should have more options to get around in our cars. And some places, electric cars are awesome. When it boils down to it, though, like it's it really does when you burn substantially less fuel, it's just better. So um, I like it. I do like it. But time and place, though, time and place. Anyway, number one uh, rule on any road trip to the gas station is to put the right fuel in your car. And I always panic. I panic every single time I put the thing in and there's a yellow sticker says diesel fuel only. And the pump for diesel is usually uh, usually yellow. So you're like diesel, diesel, diesel. Yes, diesel. Okay, it's diesel because. I was working at a golf course when I was young, and I put diesel fuel into a gas golf cart. That did not go well. Um, putting the wrong fuel in your car is better to put diesel in a gas car than gas in a diesel. But the two drivers in BC were not at fault when a gas station somehow mixed up gas and diesel inside the pump. 
What was supposed to be a routine fill-up for Spencer Wells and Sharon Cartwright has turned into a nightmare. It's been horrible, I tell you. It's just been uh, a nightmare. Back at the end of December, they filled up both their trucks at this Petro-Canada gas station in Rock Creek with what they thought was diesel fuel, but turned out to be gasoline. My truck did not want to start coming home, and so I was concerned about it. I did contact a mechanic on the Friday the 30th, and then he'd phone me back and advised me that there was a mix-up with the fuel delivery at the Petrocan. Now the company responsible for the mix-up, GNB Fuels, declined our request for an interview, stating in an email that it was a simple case of driver error putting regular gas in the diesel tank. Uh, my truck was running fine before this. It didn't need to be repaired in any way, shape or form in for mechanically. The tank was mistakenly filled around December 24th and according to Cartwright, was discovered on the 30th. The gas station manager also declined to comment, instead directing our questions to Petro Canada. We did not receive a response. Now that's got to be expensive, huh? I, you would think that the attachments on the truck would be for the hose would be different, right? Like a, I don't know, like a left turn screw or a right turn screw for diesel and gas. No? Yeah. Or it seems like there would be a simple safeguard that you go, yeah, that makes sense, but it's not there. It's just, it's not, it's not there. Diesel pumps. That was uh, Global's Tanya Fast, or Taya Fast, by the way. Diesel pumps. Um, They have a, most diesel uh, tanks where you insert the, the thing now has a little guard there. And the, the pump that you insert in the tank is wider, the diameter is wider. So that should trigger the little gate to open so you can put the diesel nozzle in. It's a tight fit. But if you try to put a gas pump in there, it shouldn't open. And so it shouldn't let you put it in. So that's kind of cool. But not all gas stations have that. In fact, there was one that I go to here that didn't have that until just recently. So I don't know. Uh, they believe 17 vehicles were involved in the mix-up. Both uh, the drivers in that story are still using rental cars. They have no idea if they will be compensated for the mix-up, which they should be, because if they put gas yeah. in and it says, or they put diesel in, it says diesel on the on the receipt, and then it's diesel. It's not diesel in the tank. Then you, the gas station is responsible. It's just that simple. I don't even know why it's a conversation. We've heard the story before, and and the gas stations try to get out of it, but I don't think that. I don't, there can't be a way that you can get out of that. Can't be. There can't be. And also considering the fact that they, that good gas company has made the money to, you know, replace the car in the entire time that we have had this short conversation, you know, why does it even matter to them? You know, it's just, that it just seems so like picky. Huh? Oh, it's crazy. Um, the one thing about having a BMW that's a diesel is the amount of people that look at you funny when you pull up to the diesel pump. Mm -hmm. And like, if you have a Volkswagen, there's a lot of Volkswagen diesels, right? It's quite a few diesel. Mercedes, pretty much, right? Like Audi, there's a, not very many in Canada, like there is in Europe. But the every car in Ireland when I was there, as you could hear the you know putt 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 of the diesel. Every car that drive by, there was a Honda Civic that went by that sounded like a diesel when I was standing on the street. So, um, but I pulled up to a pump one day, and there was a guy in his great big pickup truck, and. Uh, I, it was diesel, and he was at filling up with diesel, and I, I he's like, he's like, oh, you know, that's a diesel pump, right? I was like, yeah, it's, it's a diesel car, actually. He's like, oh, <laughs> no way. I was like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, well, since we're talking about uh, vehicles, it would only seem appropriate that we kind of keep going.
Are you okay with traffic? No. No, it's just no. And I feel like, you know, the thing that frustrates me the most, and we I feel like we should all know this, is that adding another lane or another road does not fix traffic. It doesn't. And that just kind of seems like to be the Band-Aid approach, like, you know, especially like in Ontario and all that. Like, it just seems like it's just it's it's never going to get better. I've seen so many new roads we built in Calgary, new lanes. There's this infamous bridge in Calgary over Crow on a, on a road and called Crowchild. And it was always so backed up. And they added this these big lanes. And it was so exciting. It's going to relieve traffic. No, it, it's just there's now there's just more cars using the lane it just doesn't fix <laughs> so i feel like we will never ever solve traffic ever in this country no. i don't think it'll ever be fixed nothing worse than going to home depot on a saturday afternoon and spending 45 minutes stuck in traffic that's for sure all right so rules of the road are pretty straightforward i mean most people don't really pay attention to them but this one is very straightforward don't drive into an oncoming lane physics despite that a clear rule a 20-year-old woman decided to ignore that very rule in our favorite place, Florida. I don't know how things work in Florida, which from your description sounds like a colorful, lawless swamp. <laughs> All right, friends. Traffic rules, driving the right way in the right lane. It's time to buckle your seatbelt. They drove the wrong way on Highway 98. A 20-year-old woman was arrested on Saturday after the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office says she intentionally drove the wrong way on Highway 98. Anisha Gines of Baker is uh, accused of speeding and swerving to try to hit oncoming traffic. Deputies say she hit a 71-year-old woman, leaving her with serious injuries. Her charges include aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Wow, that's 10 Tampa Bay News, by the way. Now, it actually gets worse because she blamed the oncoming traffic for her crash. An off-duty deputy tried to detain the lady as she attempted to walk away. She said that uh, she asked him, why are you touching me? And he replied, because you could have killed someone. Now, Ms. Jines allegedly told the deputy that she didn't care, and it was their bad, not hers. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, Whoa. And she's only 20. Like there's that's a that's some like powerful 20 year old energy going on right there. If you are driving 100 kilometers an hour and you're swerving through traffic because people are going 80, right? They're slower than you. The difference in the speed is 20 kilometers an hour. That's how fast you're kind of playing Frogger through traffic, right? But if you're driving against opposing traffic and you're going 100 and they're going 100, it seems to me that basic math means you're dodging cars at 200. <laughs> There's a big difference in how fast you can velocitize and get ready to uh, perceive those cars coming your way. You know, fascinating stuff. Wow. Anyway, uh, don't do that. Oh boy, you're just all about the puns today, hey? It's Ryan's yeah, funny. I'm still mad that they didn't uh, name the new Fast and Furious movie Fast Ten Your Seatbelts. Oh my God, are you serious right now? <laughs> Yes, they should have named it that. The movies are so stupid. Why not give it the stupid title? I love it. It's actually a great idea. Give you full credit for that. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.